Phil's talked about uh, developing a vision and a DNA, which then allows you to spot opportunities when they come along. Uh, I think I was an opportunity that got spotted when I logged in on the Central Coast, um, because uh, Andrew Heard, who's the Senior Minister at Central Coast, had just spent 10 years working really hard, slogging his guts out to shape the DNA of the church so that it was very mission in its focus. Solid Bible teaching, but super focused on being missional. So um, even though I wasn't part of the plan, um, when I logged in and started, you know, making a bit of dust, um, Andrew kind of said, well, here's Tim. What do you reckon you let him go off and do this? And everyone went, yeah, sure. Sounds in line with what we're doing. So that's kind of how it worked. I'd been in youth ministry and young adult ministry down in, in the Shire, which is just south of Sydney. I'm from the Shire. Uh, and I'd been in that for 10 years. And so I, Deb and I and our kids wanted to just have a break for a year, like a sabbatical year. So we just headed up the Central Coast to have a year off, really, where we just think and pray about the future. We wanted to go to a church where we get be on the receiving end um, and we did, where we didn't know anyone. So we just ended up on the Central Coast. And um, and I got a job working in a cafe, having coffee, and uh, right on the beach, which was just awesome. I'd never had a normal job. You know, I'd always been in ministry. So, um, but during that year, it became um, clear to us pretty early on that there was a great opportunity for us to be connected with a whole new mob that CCDC was not connecting with. Um, and so, um, halfway into that first year, um, I, a Bible study group just kind of started in my house with a couple of stray cats who were kind of on the fringe of church, um, but also guys I'd met in the surf and in the street and that. And so, you know, a Bible study formed in my house, and then, um, and seriously, this is how it works at EV. You're going to hate me for saying things like this because it did seem, it, it seems easy. Um, you know, I was surfing with Andrew, and uh, seriously, between waves, I said to him, Why don't I have a crack at this? And he goes, Yeah, what do you reckon? Okay, right, let's do it. So by the end of the surfing, we decided what we're going to do. So there's the interviewing process. It's pretty funny. Um, and then, uh, but of course, Andrew needed to, you know, take that to the board. Um, but of course everyone thought, no, that's fine, yeah, give him a crack. Um, and so um, we decided to have a crack at reaching a new model of people who, the, which, which we, and it's a cultural group, not a demographic group, but a cultural group, more relaxed coastal kind of types, who were not easily finding their way into the existing congregations. In fact, when they did come in, they looked around and went, oh, no one here like me, this mustn't be for me, these guys all look like they're doctors. And they've been a university, and they're all stable family units, and I'm nothing like that. Um, so they often end up going down the road to Pentecostal church, or not going to church at all. So, so I wanted to reach those guys, and so, and all the people who were meeting for Bible study in my house wanted to as well. And so we, we started we started the process of trying to shape something up where we'd have a crack at doing that. Um, so really, what I want to talk about um, just this morning is. The concept of starting a new congregation to reach a whole new mob of people, but in the same location. People live in networks, not in parishes, so um, you can have people all living in the same location, but they don't have anything to do with each other. So we wanted to try and reach relaxed coastal people, that was the attempt, um, kind of tell you how it went. Um, and so here's a, I think I've just got some photos um, of, you know, we started hanging out on the beach and um, doing stuff, but this is... Um, I'll just show you pictures as we go along. So there's a picture of our group. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> Do you want me to just click it for you? Yeah. I think, there's, I think we just skipped to a few shots. Um, 
but anyway, so we, we want to start um, on a Saturday night. So a new a new time slot. Um, we wanted to be have a new kind of accessibility to people who who otherwise would just their their lives work differently on the weekend. So getting to church on a Sunday morning was not something that they they were able to do. Um, so really getting the gospel to them meant trying to pick a different time slot. Um, and having a crack at that. So we went for the Saturday night at 5.30. Here's some of the crew, yeah, not really good, but, uh, who met in my lounge room for a while. Um, and we met on a Thursday night in my lounge room um, for quite a while. And then we moved from my lounge room into a shed on the property and we did the shed up. So the shed could hold about 40 people. Uh, and so we, we spent a while in the shed um, on Thursday nights, and we would we would do as much as we could in the shed that we wanted to do as a public church. So this is still kind of underground. Um, and for the first six months, we just were underground, friends inviting friends to come along. Some of those guys not converted yet. Um, that was actually when we did move out into a, into a school, um, and we met in the drama room of the school. There's the drama room. Um, and I think that was on one of our first few nights. And so there was, you know, a lot of people popped their heads in the visit on the first few nights. We started with about 50 people. Um, well, um, and then we moved from the drama room to the auditorium on that same property. This is all in a completely different location from the existing Central Coast Evangelical Church. Um, and we moved nine times before we, in our current facility. So over three years, we moved nine times, which is really exciting. A massive headache, but really good. Um, it'd be good if I could flip through because you can't. Oh, okay, too fast, sir. I don't even know where we're up to. Yeah, go to the next one. That's okay. Does this. Which one am I meant to press on? That side. Yep. That side. No, the other side. That yeah, side. that's the side. Yeah. There you go. Is that it? Yeah, it was okay. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, depending on, depending on what kind of church you want to start or what kind of congregation you want to start, I think it depends on how many people you need. We were really determined to start a, 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 tip, a, a kind of gathering which would have a prank and kids ministry and all that on Saturday night. So I wanted to wait until we had 50 people in the launch team before we went public. Um, but it depends where you are and what you're doing. But we were determined to do that. And I was having to stay in the shed until we got that. Um, as, as it turned out, it took about six months to get that 50. And we were really thankful for it. Some of those guys in the shed were uh, very new converts. Some of them were still in the process of being converted. A number of them were people who were frustrated that the, um, some of them were part of EV, uh, but frustrated that we weren't reaching their friendship networks. And so they just had a missional mindset. So we started with a mob of people who really wanted to be on mission with their friends and wanted to start a new gathering that would help facilitate that. So what we talked about earlier with the gospel, um, it, it's true the gospel is powerful, and yet um, often we're not actually giving people the opportunity to consider the gospel. We're not even getting to them. Um, so trying to find new structures, new ways to communicate that powerful, precious gospel to people, to get a hearing with people is half the battle. Because people are not going to just come walking through the doors of our church. And if they do, they're going to find it so culturally weird, they're not going to listen. So we need to keep attempting new ways to communicate the same precious gospel. Um, sometimes by starting new gatherings, sometimes by tweaking our existing gatherings. Um, and so we, we, we started with that 50 people in the shed. Um, different time slot. We moved our way through a bunch of different locations. We, we worked really hard um, to do to do everything differently from what was already happening because we thought if we just start a new time slot, we're going to reach the same people, um, but just at a new time slot. But we want to reach a different mob, and so we tried to do everything different. Um, 
our communication styles were as different as we could. And so uh, the artwork and the videos that we use and the way we try to communicate who we were was all looked very different from the existing CCEC uh, branding, if you want to call it, uh, which just kind of developed, which was just conservative family church, not a lot of thought gone into what, the way we do what we do. So you end up doing, you, your church ends up looking like the pastor. And so, um, which is not evil in any way. It was a very strong and healthy church. There were just a number of significant subcultures on the Central Coast which were not being connected. So this was a crack at doing that. So business cards and, and different kinds of, um, there you go, postcards which we put in cafes, places where the people were trying to reach would gathering points for them. Um, and the posters we put up around the place, um, that was advertising our launch. Um, images are really important. What you communicate with an image is so much more than text. And so capturing the kind of, um, the kind of people we're trying to reach with those kind of things is really important. Mm. Yeah, Gaffel. Um, video, uh, so your website will help communicate that kind of stuff. Um, and the videos you put on there. Um, the type of gathering that you run. So the, the way we shaped up our gatherings was not radically different. We would still. Uh, so there's a, the way we advertise our courses. Like the newcomers' nights. Um, there's our membership kind of course. Is that me doing it? That's me now, yes. The groundings of the Christian faith, what we're on about as a church. Um, when someone did want to join us, we'd get them to sign a map. I mean, these are all just small things, and they seem kind of insignificant on their own, but together, they they actually help connect with the culture. And so, yeah. Why do you get them to sign a map? It's interesting. It's intriguing. Um, we wanted people, when they were at the stage where they were ready to commit to join us on our mission, to do something practical and tangible to help them. It's, just, it's a thing to help them do it. Um, we, would, we would say, look, if, if you want to leave, you can leave, it's fine, but we want to help you in your understanding of what it means to commit here. Um, and so, yeah, signing up was just a way of celebrating them. Um, and helping people when they're going through hard times. That's a the, there's great benefit in formal membership. Um, that, uh, yeah, you, you stick at it when things are hard, you stick at it when you're being disciplined away from stuff. The kind of gatherings that we um, run, we, we met in cafes for live music nights, I, and that was a cafe I worked in, which was helpful. And this was not strategic for me at all initially when I worked in a cafe, um, but I did end up connecting with a whole bunch of people who ended up um, coming to church and we ended up getting our venue through working in that cafe. We ran barbies on the beach where we just tried to connect with people going around. We, we ran a, um, a free foot washing store at a local markets. We just, we just got out there as much as we could, trying to connect with the crowd who we're connecting with. We baptised converts down at the beach and celebrated there. Uh, we, we got out and about. Um, we didn't expect them to come to us, so we, we just got out there. Our gatherings themselves, we tried to make sure that we would we'd think about everything, the way that the decor and the building, the feel, the vibe, the smell, the music, the preaching, the prayer, the song, everything to try and help it communicate the gospel to this mob that we're trying to reach. Now, for me, that wasn't radically trying to think, now, what do those people think? It wasn't really cross-cultural for me. It was more thinking, what's the furniture that's in my house? What is the music I listen to? How, how, how do we communicate the gospel to crew? So click through these ones, Scotty. I think we've got, there's like a welcome desk, I think. And, you know, you're inventing these things from scratch. 
setting up in a school building, but working hard to make it look, you know, slightly connecting. Um, keep going. Um, so I, I preach a bit differently from Herdy. Same stuff, same theology, different style altogether. Um, and so, um, and different music. I think the next one's got a picture of music, guys. Yeah, so as, as much as possible, guys with dreads and tats leading song is a good thing. And so we had, so the feel for music was just acoustic and hand drum and that kind of stuff. Because most of our guys are, you know, Michael Franti, Ben Harper, um, you know, those kind of guys. And so connecting the gospel to them, you just think about that kind of stuff. Um, a new way of funding, um, I don't think I've got any more after that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, way, the way we did this was very independent from the initial church. So it kind of ended up looking more like a church plant than anything else. Um, because I was a new guy, I wasn't an existing staff member. I reckon Herdy took a big risk saying, yeah, go on, do it under our banner. Because, uh, and I'd only been around for a little while. But I think he's, um, I think he's a good judge of whether someone's going to uh, do the wrong thing or not. And so, um, and he managed me very, very loosely. So I, that's just Herdy's style. Um, I raised up all my own funding from friends from Sydney. So the church didn't take a big financial risk in taking me on and, and ministry on. Um, and yet we did use the existing financial administration of the church to pay staff and all that kind of stuff. Um, so so I, I guess the, the kind of big thing I want to say is to reach a new mob of people, you need a new core group of people, you need a new venue, you need a new time slot, you need a new style, you need new gatherings, you need new finances, you need new everything. Um, otherwise, you're just going to reach the same people at a different time slot. So that was our attempt with Saturday. And I think initially we, we grew from, just to give you a quick history, that's three years ago we started Saturday. Um, and we grew from that initial core of 50 to 150 in the first 12 months. So it was very fast growth in the first 12 months. But a lot of that growth needed to be consolidated. A lot of new Christians, a lot of crazy Christians, a lot of people who used to be part of Pentecostal churches got burnt and had been in the wilderness for 10 years and wanted a fresh start with God, so reparenting and, and reteaching, it was crazy. And so for the last two years, we've been consolidating um, and getting people into groups, getting people into ministries, um, and, we've, and we've grown slowly over the last two years to around 200 market attendance for adults um, and about, um, about 100 kids as well. So it's, uh, it's exciting what's happened, but for what the big challenge with um, letting Saturday start as a very independent thing was when we decided to build a building together. And was Saturday going to stay independent and loose and unattached, or was it going to be part of the new building? We decided for the sake of EV and for the sake of Saturday, it'd be good to pull it all together. So I had to work really hard to help people who had very little connection with the mother to understand their connection more and go in on a giving campaign to build a building um, and then move into that building with the rest of EV. And, um, and start sharing equipment and resources and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's going okay. It's going okay. Um, part of it, a huge part of it is my relationship with Andrew. Um, and uh, he is, uh, I'll tell you one thing I really appreciate about him for those of you guys who are senior ministers. He, um, unthreatened, unthreatened, that's what I'd say. I, I think the ministries I'd always been a part been a part of in the past, whenever I had new ideas, guys who were leading open, I think always felt threatened by it, uh, were always concerned by it, uh, particularly if it started to work in any way. 
Um, whereas uh, Andrew, I think he's just kind of got a lot of confidence or just security, which is a personality thing, I guess, and a God thing, um, in that he would not be threatened by something that worked quite well and he had nothing to do with it. We would get him in, in to preach every eight weeks and then turn six weeks. And so now he preaches about every five to six weeks at the moment on Saturday. And Saturday can handle that. Um, it's weird. It's it's like it's the old guy coming in to preach, doesn't connect real well, but we're all part of the same church, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deal with it. And they need to mature so that they hear the word from anyone, as long as it's the word preached, um, which is good for them. So they're growing. Um, I preach on Sundays as well, and so there's, yeah, it's, what's happening now is very different from a few years ago, but there's, there's a quick flick through what's happened for Saturday. Um, now, um, let me give you a couple of real quick strengths um, um, and challenges from doing things this way. I think the strength of starting a new congregation from an existing one is you, you work with a, with a trusted and a good name in the community, possibly rather than being seen as this weird cult thing that started, another weird cult thing starting up in the school hall, which we have heaps on the Central Coast. So, so for people to go, oh, there with the EV guys, it was kind of good and bad because EV on the coast is known for being arrogant, not having anything to do with any other churches, they're the Bible Nazis, they don't believe in the spirit, bloody bloody and, and so, but, but at least we people put us in that box and went, okay, they're with them, they're, they're not crazy, um, I could lean on the wisdom and the insight and the knowledge of Andrew and what he'd done over the previous 10 years. Um, we could leverage resources. And so half of the core team did come from the initial mother church, um, but they were very fringe to the mother church. They weren't key people. But half of the core did come from the mother church. The other half of the core came from people literally I met in the street and in the surf. Um, uh, inventing, uh, inventing everything from scratch is exciting. Takes heaps of work, it's really exciting. Um, challenges in doing things this way. Um, uh, I'd say one of the main challenges is this tension. Um, usually the other congregations feel when you start a new congregation, because they all look over there and they say, and we've worked hard to mitigate against this, but I don't think well enough. You start a new congregation that says, we want to reach relaxed coastal types, all the other people in the other congregations go, so what are you saying about us? We're not relaxed as the dogs. So that's quite a hard thing to communicate. Um, and basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. But a number of them perceived <laughs> you're not. Um, but many of them <laughs> perceived of themselves to be, oh, what are you talking about? We're relaxed. Um, and so explaining cultural differences is really hard. Everyone gets demographic differences. Everyone understands there's teenagers and middle-aged people and old people. But explaining Cultural is really hard. It's really tricky. So there, there's a challenge with that. Um, and what's happened with Saturday, I've got to say, it did start quite focused on that culture group, but has loosened now over the last few years, which is kind of normal. God brings who he's going to bring. We won't turn anyone away. Um, but being in the new building, yeah, it's broadening the culture of Saturday. So we get quite a, uh, a broad range of people come through the doors and decide to stay on Saturday night. So. That's what's happening. There's a sort of. How do you sort of keep matching your culture um, with your build with your new building now? Because I imagine you like are you in a sort of a siphoned off section that's a bit. No, we all meet in the same gathering spot. Um, each different congregation has got its own vibe team, 
you can do whatever they want in the building once you pull it down after your service. And so, um, how big is your building like for you? It's big, it, but it's carpeted and air conditioned, and it's kind of it's like a big lounge room. So we've always tried to go with each different place we moved into to try and make it feel like a bigger lounge room, so comfy like that. So the bigger space you get to, the easier way you can do theming is through audio, through visual stuff, projected images, um, rather than hanging banners and that. We find that easier. So often it'll be the images we use on the screens, and we've got two big screens that will theme up the place. Um, uh, but it is it is harder to do because we're sharing the space. But we do what we can. We do what we can. We still do displays according to which teaching tools we're doing. Um, How big is the space? Four hundred seats. Um, look, it fits comfortably at four hundred. We do squeeze in about five five fifty for our Easter and Christmas services, um, but. You can fit, yeah, 350, 400 in. Not that any of our congregations are regularly that size. So Saturday, we get 200 adults. Um, Sunday morning, the 8.30, 10.30 Sunday morning, congregations get around the, um, heading towards 300 mark for adults. Sunday night gets close to that as well. And there's an early. Yeah. How do you feel in a, in a space of 400 in your community? Yeah, good. The cool thing about the space is even adding two, even adding having two hundred people in there, it still kind of feels cosy. So it kind of works. It's a good space, but that's just the back hall. We're doing a giving campaign towards the end of this year to build the auditorium, uh, which we hope our donors use. I'd say you've all got branding. Everyone's got branding. Christians are so branded. Like I remember the KCC guys, Katuma guys, always. Like when I was in youth and young adult ministry, always saying, this, hey, you guys are, why do you care so much about that kind of stuff? And I'd be like, do you realise how monocultural you are? So you are cultural. You, you are, you, your branding is the clothes you wear, the language you use, the, the culture you, what you do with your spare time. And so you just need to be aware of that and understand that chances are your church will be just like you, like humanly speaking. We reach as many as we can for Christ. But humanly speaking, you attract you connect with and attract and engage people like you, like your culture. And I know Nella said earlier that we shouldn't go after people who we like, but you do end up connecting even most easily with people who are like you. That's just what do, because I'll understand what you're saying. But they'll get your worldview and kind of stuff. So, so I would say um, it's more an observation about the fact that our Sunday morning congregations were reaching. Um, we're very similar to, I think, Sunday morning congregations everywhere, culturally wise. And that's not evil, it's awesome. It's very stable. They're functioning. People give and they attend regularly. <laughs> that's right. That's how you build a church. Um, um, but then from there, I think you can, you can jump out on more risky adventures trying to reach subcultures that are far less reliable and organised and far less functional in their family units. We have so many single mums on Saturday night. Um, uh, but to connect with them, um, you need to present the gospel differently, engage differently. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah. But it's because I trust in the gospel that I want to think that I want to think hard and about the details about the way we communicate. It's because I trust it. I don't trust the way we communicate. I just I just observe that so many people don't get to hear the gospel. Because the culture through which it is being communicated is foreign to them. Now we think I'm just preaching the gospel. 
um, but you're not, you communicate through culture. We all do, and you need to be aware of the culture that you are communicating with. Um, and so I would just want to observe that and say, okay, how are these guys going to hear the gospel? How are those guys going to hear the gospel? What can we do? I'm not homogenous unit principle. I don't, I don't believe that that is where we should go. Like, I know some of this sounds like this. I just want to acknowledge um, the humanity of who we are and culture that exists and do our best to reach as many as we can for Christ. Saturday, I don't think, is effective at reaching that sharp end of that focus anymore. So we're trying to think, what do we do now? Start something new, maybe. Let Saturday go where it's going. <coughs> Start, I don't know. But there's heaps of other subcultures on the coast too that we can try and reach. So. Um, 